1: Do you want to ensure business continuity, maximize your business potential, cater to your customers' needs and concerns, and boost your digital presence? Staying on top of everything doesn't come easy. That's why I want to introduce you guys to Vessel PH to help boost your business's digital presence and make it relevant to your customers' ever evolving needs. Vessel PH has built-in tools and features that make online selling a breeze. Customize your online store to make it stand out in the crowded digital space. Integrate your existing digital store to other systems or onboard your e-commerce website to Gcash's marketplace, GLife, all with the help of experts. Vessel PH also provides account managers to assist and guide you with your needs and affordable SaaS for cost savings and customization. All your e-commerce needs are now in one place. Your business deserves this kind of freedom. Let Vessel PH help you. Check them out at vessel.ph or click the link in my description.
0: Podcast Network Asia. Asia.
2: Anyone who's thinking to be an entrepreneur, absolutely jump into it. If you are in doubt, I'll give you one question. Just, just ask yourself this question. It looks very simple, but we don't think about it. And frankly, I had to pay a lot of money to go to a management institute where I learned that, hey, this is a simple question, which all I needed was to ask myself. So the question was, if today you have to go to your grave, today is your last day, would you have any regrets? And to me, it was very, very clear when I was looking to answer that question, there were few regrets. There are many things I couldn't do anything about it. It's time has passed. There was regret. I wish I should have done this when I was 20 years old. I can't go back to 20. But one thing which was coming up very high out there is that I want to be an entrepreneur. And if I hit my grave without having tried that, I wouldn't call my life to be successful.
1: Good evening, good afternoon, good morning to wherever you're watching me from all over the world. My name is RJ Ledesma and welcome to my podcast, the RJ Ledesma podcast. In this podcast, I interview the country's most pioneering, most interesting business personalities and entrepreneurs to learn more about how they think about doing business and what are their success secrets. How have they innovated their businesses during this pandemic? And more importantly, what opportunities do they see emerging not anymore in this new normal, but now the now normal. Is there a business personality or entrepreneur that you would like me to interview here on the podcast? Please let me know. I would love to have them here on the show. I would love to pick their brains. I would love to learn from them. Just drop me a message. We are also live right now on Kumu CBRC TV. Global Penas TV, and the Bounce Back Network. If you are enjoying the podcast and you are learning a lot from it, please do me a favor. Please subscribe and invite more people and friends to listen to the RJ Ledesma podcast. You can also catch us on YouTube at the same time. Now, before we continue with this podcast, just a shout out to my good friends from Vessel. Vessel PH can help you future-proof your business by boosting your digital presence and making sure that you can attract more customers and sales. If you want to know more about them, just click on the link in my description tonight. Our guest is Mr. Manish Bai. He is the founder and CEO of Uno Digital Bank. He is the finance and sales expert with 27 years of working across multiple countries and product areas, and he is passionate about two things, which is something very close to my heart that's entrepreneurship and technology. Now, Uno Bank. Is a digital bank registered under the Banco Central and Pilipinas Digital Banking License Network framework, and he has recently rebranded as UNO Digital Bank ahead of its planned launch in the second quarter of 2022. And of course, this means that this this bank focuses on the digital business model. And later on, I would love for Manish to describe this in more detail. UNO Digital Bank is a full spec full-spectrum credit-led digital bank that elevates its customers by making banking simple, better, and more accessible. Let's So let's find out a bit more from Manish. Manish, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Manish. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. RJ, I'm trying to
2: get the same energy with which you <laughs> and i hope thanks I, so much manish and i hope yes. I, I i can keep it up in the entire show you know, with you okay but jokes thanks art. so much manish good evening everyone and
1: manish this, this, this is the funny thing about it um offline before we began this program you had you just happened to mention that you know the common denominator between both of us is that we both use the name uno and like you said you have got uno digital bank and many moons ago uh was that I ran Uno magazine as uh, as the editor in chief. So yes, hopefully uh, this is a new era for Uno, and you're taking the name Uno of the greater heights here in the country.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I was like I was reading about it uh, a few hours back, and I was intrigued, and, and I asked Ilka as well. Hey, uh, Uno. <laughs> and she said, yeah, this was the magazine out there. So great and uh, happy happy to be associated uh, with the same name. But on this so on, the- on sorry, go ahead.
1: But I was gonna ask just Manish. Now that the really the big news over here and which you know which is which which is quite um you know takes time to kind of fathom is the idea that you know you you changed Uno from Uno Bank to Uno Digital Bank, you rebranded in the first quarter, something that you were going to do the second quarter, but seems that you've accelerated the plans. So tell us really what what's happening to Uno Bank? What what does it mean now that you've gone digital? Uh absolutely. I think
2: I think definitely the biggest news of of this quarter or this month or this week, as as I may call it, is the rebranding of Uno to Uno Digital Bank. So we we intend to launch in Q two, where we are right now is in the final phases of our approval. Uh, the the bank process in Philippines is a pretty involved process, like in every every other country. So there are three stages to it. You get an in principle license then you do you know, incorporation and you complete some formalities and then you get a final approval uh, to kind of operate uh, as a standalone banking entity. And we are in that space. So before we wanted to kind of have a big splash and big launch uh, with the final approvals, we wanted to kind of uh, have a brand image which more closely reflects what we intend to do. We are in digital, we are all about simplicity. We are about elevating uh, people's life. If, if you look at the vision statement of Uno, it is elevating everyone by making banking more simple, better and accessible. Uh, I love that. And, and that's that's what we wanted our brand to convey. And uh, so it's just been a few days since the brand has been launched. I don't know what you and your viewers feel about it, but the initial responses have been absolutely amazing where people, people find... This refreshing uh, mesh of colors, which is which is which catches you, but at the same time they see a simplicity in 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 just the name and in the brand, and and we hope to continue doing that, uh, taking this expression in the work which we do.
1: Uh, having said that, Manish, I wanted to ask you because you know you were saying it's from from it rather from a back to focus on the digital banking aspect. What made it different aside from just the, the change in the name? What what in 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 what way was the bank different? Is it in terms of uh, how how the products and services would be offered, or you chose to to uh, not not abandon, but you know not focus on other areas and focus on something else in terms of digital? What 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 is it more than just why is it more more than just a name change that you guys did? Yeah, because see
2: from the very from the very beginning, the whole emphasis of our existence is that we will be digital in our offering. It's a it's a branchless kind of penetration where we want to bring banking and banking to your hand, to your, to your pocket so that everyone is able to open a savings account. Everyone's able to, able to deposit, basically do everything which in your life you need to do with respect to fin- finance. So while I talked about our vision, our mission is providing you with one trusted interface to manage your, all your life's financial need with speed and ease, which means that you can do everything from the convenience of your hand. Uh, of, that, is, that is your mobile phone. You really don't need to walk, walk into a branch. And what does this mean when I say all your financials, uh, life's financial needs? Save, borrow, transact, protect, invest. This is, this is what we do across our, across our life. And this digital app is going to allow you to do this entire life cycle naturally we are going to launch in phases. We are going to taking baby steps. where we'll we are launching with deposits and launching with loans and transactions. But before the end of the year, we'll be able to provide the full spectrum of protection and investment. So when you put all this together with the digital backdrop, we thought that Uno Digital Bank communicates this much more effectively to the people around whom we want
1: to elevate. Thanks so much for explaining that, uh, for clearing that up Manish. Now, now- I'm gonna go back to uh, how you described Uno, and it's it's a very interesting discussion. Um, of course, uh, I am kind of, I'm a, I'm a marketing guy, so I look at the end benefit. The end benefit is making banking simple, better, and accessible. But how you describe what the bank is is that it's a full spectrum credit-led digital bank, right? So, um, if I was to make sort of like an elevator pitch to uh, to uh, to an investor who wanted to invest in the bank. Uh, how how would you i guess word it to him so i'll i'll say something more than an elevator pitch because it is very important
2: for people to <laughs> understand Sure. It. it's very important for people to understand what we mean by credit led and and full spectrum mm-hmm. because sometimes it sounds like a mouthful but but it's absolutely exactly, yes. absolutely <laughs> important what's the intention behind it by full spectrum banking we mean that it's able to take care of your life's full spectrum needs, all your life's financial needs, and which, which we break it into five buckets, which is save, borrow, transact, protect, and invest. So when you look at around or seventy five digital banks now globally, most of them are focused in one micro proposition. Most of them started as just payment banks, or they've started as just a savings bank or, or lending. It's only a handful of banks globally which look at managing the entire spectrum of financial needs. And when you particularly look in this region, this area, again, it's the, num- the numbers are we probably in entire Asia, you can catch it. Uh, digital banks, you can count it in uh, one hand, who provides the full spectrum. So that, that is what we mean by the full spectrum. By credit-led, uh, When you again look at, go back to banking or go back to all the digital banks, typically most of them chose just opening a savings account as a means of financial inclusion or payments as a mean of financial inclusion. That is, they either offer you a savings account or a deposit account, or they make payments easy and accessible for you.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: When we look at it, we believe that in this part of the this part of the world, especially in emerging Asia, inclusion is not only about savings account. Inclusion is mm-hmm. also about credit. Now, if you look at Philippines per se, uh, only nine percent uh, uh, consumer credit to GDP is penetration is just around nine percent. If you compare that to something like Malaysia that's at 80% even vietnam is now at 50 55% so wow. it's 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 a bit sad to say but philippines on consumer credit uh, to gdp penetration is even lower than bangladesh or 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 some other countries and the reasons for that are multiple and we if we have time we can we can talk about it so we chose credit as our forefront where we said that we are going to make this difference using credit, because credit is not something which which is easy. It's the most complex in, in this equation, which I mentioned, savings, borrow, transact, protect and invest because credit, when you look at the credit life cycle, it is about origination to whom you lend. It is about the process. Is it about making sure that you monitor and it is also making sure that you collect the money back? And and that that requires a much more complex setup, both in terms of organizational setup, in terms of the technology which you use. And given that between me and my co-founder and some of the initial team which we we professional team which we've hired, we have years, years of experience of managing credit end-to-end we thought that that's the real value differentiator which we'll be able to bring to Philippines. Because clearly, over the many, many years out there, this is an area which hasn't seen huge growth. So that's, that's, that's how we position ourselves as a credit-led full-spectrum bank.
1: Thanks for really outlining everything for us and, and breaking it down. And you know, again, wearing the entrepreneurial mindset, when you look at 9% of consumer credit compared to GDP... <laughs> You can look at it two ways. You can say it's very sad, but I like how you saw it. It's a great opportunity to come in and say, if we're just able to bring it close to Bangladesh levels or even Vietnam levels, it's it's great for the it's great for the country. Um, and Manish, um, I'm also looking right now at you know uh, I've had a chance to speak to other digital banks here as well, and I understand that w- what what you bringing to the picture. Um, that, what I'm also asking, what I'm I hope you can, can clarify this for me. I mean, many of them are are have. I guess some have big backers, some have uh, larger banks behind them, some are coming from traditional banks, uh, and, and they're putting this up. I um, know you try to explain the differentiation in terms of the, the products and services provided being a full-spectrum bank, but can you help me understand also what do you think would be the I guess the the competitive advantage or the strategic advantage that you'd have versus the others. I, I know not they, did, they didn't give too many licenses this year for digital banks. They they close that off already. I'm I'm glad
2: you asked that because even if you wouldn't have asked that, I would have found an opportunity to speak <laughs> speak <laughs> uh, speak about about this because rightly said, this is a this is a very obvious question to anyone when it. I know there are not too many licenses, but there are six digital banks out there, and. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you look at the six digital banks, uh, there are just two, us and one more who, who really are not, not backed by one of the existing large groups or large, large banks. Right. And, and when, when you're operating in that spectrum, it's very, very important that you have a very, very differentiated strategy or, or, or you, you are looking to solve something which you think that you have an edge over the others. Now, with a caveat to that is when, when you look at, uh, Philippines, I think first of all, the digitalization is such a big wave that there's an opportunity for multiple players to coexist. So first in the size, when you, when you talk of the size of the market, it is not that it's a market uh, one, one takes it all. Uh, there's so much to be done. As, as I, as I say, this is, this is a great example, which I'd like to talk about. Banks have existed for 500 years. The first bank was set up 500 years back. Even in Philippines, if I'm not wrong, the first bank came 200 years back or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But still you have 65 to 75, 70% of the people unbanked. So clearly there were challenges, right? There were challenges of 500 years of banking existence. You have 65% of the people unbanked. So this is, is, as you say, there's a lifetime opportunity. We are in the cusp of this digital revolution. Where, where things are going to change dramatically over the next few years. So first, there's an opportunity for everyone to exist. The, the, the advantage which, or, or, or the niche which, which we are playing is, again, I already talked about in credit led. We, we made sure that we have made it as a part of a strategy. And all, all the six banks out here have their own areas of niche. And they will they will be choosing. And you have been speaking to others. You already have a sense. Some some are focusing on one particular area or the other. We we have chosen credit to be our differentiated strategy again because I this see. is and this is this is a moment. I also want to talk a bit about my other co-founder uh, who who is the CEO of one of the largest. Uh, credit lending organization in this part of the world where where they have a portfolio of around 3 billion and they give 300,000 loans per month. Wow. So with a, with a market penetration and market share of 50% in that country, which, which is Vietnam. And if you go back 10, 10 to 15 years back, 10 years back, Vietnam and, and Philippines credit penetration, credit penetration to GDP were the same levels. Uh, and today, when Vietnam is at 50, 55% of which one company itself has a share of 50%, it's possible It's possible that one leader can really change the spectrum of a country. And, and again, my background in a city where, where I ran multiple businesses, including Balance Sheet, and for a time, both consumer and corporate side of Balance Sheet, along with my co-founder, and along with the team which we have hired we believe that we have a good understanding of of the credit spectrum and so that that definitely will be one one advantage one differentiation which we are bringing in the the second is you know sometimes when when you are not part of any any larger organization uh, the upside of that is that we are operating completely unhindered and a huge amount of our strategies around partnerships and ecosystem. So as I, as I keep talking to my fellow CEOs and other bankers, we all know each other very well, the six six digital banks, is I don't consider anyone in the market as, as my competitors. So I consider everyone as, uh, as partners. And because we don't come with, with any of these uh, alliances to a, a strong corporate group, we are looking at the market afresh. We are looking at every opportunities to partner where, where, wherever we are able to make a difference, wherever we are able to leverage and help elevate the life of the customers. Which, whichever mechanism, whichever partnership, whichever forum allows us to have a win-win objective, where to, to grow our base and as well as help uh, the ecosystem elevate overall. We are open to that. So these, these two are, I would say, our prime differentiating strategy uh, and how we intend to create an impact.
1: Well, one of my good friends, Mami Ginger, Ginger Arboleda of Taksumo, saying over here in the chat box, Hi, RJ. Uno's market entry approach is uh, very interesting. Thanks so much, Ginger, uh, for commenting over here. Um, and Manish, um, I wanted to find out also as well the, um, how exactly uh, – will you be entering the market? How will you be introducing UNO to consumers? And who will be the target, the the initial target market once uh, UNO is is launched? Yeah.
2: So our our entry strategy is focused on mass and mass affluent. Um, And I wouldn't go into the explanation of mass and mass affluent right now, but broadly from the lending perspective, anyone who has a monthly income of more than 10,000 pesos
1: uh, mm-hmm.
2: will be eligible, uh, to get a loan on our, on our platform. Uh, so that's really going down to lower side of the mast. In terms of, in terms of market coverage, uh, being a new market, being showing prudence, of course, there's a strategy of baby steps and, and launching with the focus on NCR, uh, expanding mm-hmm. to, uh, Davos, Cebu. and and then expanding beyond in the country. Uh, So there's a phase strategy starting focused on mass and mass affluent, starting with NCR, expanding to other cities, and ultimately covering uh, the entire country.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
1: Yeah, and as as you do this one uh, i'm just curious again how how do you sort of do your uh, your your kyc approach and how do you how do you verify for for the for the loan if they if it's credit led how do you what, what's the process right now that's all digital
2: okay so i'll talk about kyc both on the perspective of general onboarding and specifically also from the perspective of uh, loans so clearly uh, keeping in times with evolving technology and latest identity management situa- uh, solutions, we are a digital bank. We are greenfield; all our creation is from scratch, and we we are being built using the latest uh, and the best uh, technology which is available out there. Uh, so our take approach is a combination of build build and buy. So where we are building our unique IPs around things around experience which we want to control. And we are partnering with leading firms like AWS, uh, Mambo, HPS, iXSeed when it comes to taking solutions which accelerate our go to market and and, and journey. So when it comes to identity management, we are again using uh, the latest technologies where it is all straight through processing. Uh, The digital digital bank's mantra is everything is straight through everything, the happy path is everything goes straight and, and human intervention is needed only when there's, there's a breakage or there's an exceptional situation. So all our in onboarding would be based on the existing IDs. The, we have a list of IDs, which we have qualified, which we've tested. And based on uh, biometrics and scan, our customers will be onboarded. When it comes to on the credit side, in addition to this, our lending uh, is based on a combination of alternate data, as well as existing credit data and bureau data. Now, in Philippines, why lending has been difficult is exactly because the data is all scattered. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the credit bureau is not as advanced as in some other some other countries, and that's right. And the data is everywhere scattered. Uh, but but when you look at you leverage technology it is possible to gather data from various different sources so this is this is something which purposely i wouldn't want to talk a bit more out there because that's that's our core strategy around that but we we are buying up on data from multiple sources a uh, combination of traditional credit data the bureau data the alternate data uh, and then we are writing our own algorithms uh, where we are going to use this data to kind of look at credit profile and uh, build a lending book. And similarly, as I said, the whole lending, lending journey doesn't uh, start and end with just lending. Then it is lending, and then it's the process of managing the book, and then it is the collections. Uh, so that's, that's our journey. All through in the process, a huge amount of technology is being levered where we are going to use or where we are using rule-based systems, uh, automatic monitoring, automated approvals, state-through processing, and direct credit to your
1: accounts. What, what I find amazing over here is, Manish, that you've had to sort of transform or evolve yourself from being a banker to becoming a, a, technolo- a, a technology guy to, to, to appreciating uh, all these different things. Was this a role that you picked up while you were in Citibank or these were things that you had to learn learn while, learn while you were doing
2: well oh, see technology was something uh, uh see if if in today's world I would say no one can run around, away from technology and for me what what really helped is that there was a fa- fascination with technology uh from the very beginning. Unfortunately, I never got into a tech role but uh there was a fascination i remember i remember when I joined uh, joined Citibank and I was just a young kid and Pentium computers had just come and I used all my connections with my bosses and all to ensure that the first PC come on my my desk. <laughs> uh, so, so there was some some fascination with technology all through, but the big change happened in 2015 or 16, um, when it was very very clear to me that the next 10 to 15 years completely belongs to technology. There will be dif- there will be disruption all across. In uh, every industry, in every form, and believe me, at that time I didn't. When we when we set up Uno, or when I left city to set up my technology venture, which happened before before Uno, there was no crystal ball. Uh, absolutely, I had no idea that there will be COVID. Uh, so this is all all pre COVID. Like COVID has really helped technology and boosted it. But even at that time, it was very clear that if you want to be really making an impact globally. You want to be in an industry where there are no headwinds, only tailwinds. You have to pivot to tech. And and being, and being a banker, uh, as you say, you cannot sometimes take a banker or banking out of a person 25 years being banker. So this was a great, great cusp where where you're bringing your love of technology and, and you're bringing your years and years of banking experience, really trying to solve a problem and create an impact. Uh, I, I I would say a few are lucky as lucky I've got with with this where where I'm following my passion and trying to create an impact and we have looked at all the stats and numbers already in the region in Philippines so even if we are able to move the needle needle a little we will create a mm-hmm. meaningful impact uh, in terms of what we are trying to do.
1: Uh, I I got that and you know looking at your banking experience like I said I I. For, thank God for technology. Thank God for LinkedIn. I was able to take a look at your background. 24 years uh, with Citibank. Uh, I guess out of the Singapore office. Is that right, Manish? Uh,
2: actually, all across Asia. So I started all across Asia. I started my career in India, moved to Indonesia, then was based in Singapore. But I ran the regional businesses.
1: And this, this is what interests me. Uh, that you found that you know when you put up this opportunity, that you identified the Philippines as. Where you would like to start off uh, Uno Digital Bank. I just want to be able to find out, um, you know, because sometimes, if you understand my perspective as a Filipino, sometimes people are thinking, you know, uh, there are no opportunities in the Philippines. I I need to migrate abroad and find opportunities there. But entrepreneurs like yourself, tech entrepreneurs, banking entrepreneurs, finance entrepreneurs, look at the Philippines and say, the opportunity is there. You just have to know how to how to how to spot it and how to how to execute that opportunity. What made you choose? To do this in the Philippines, aside the say from any other countries that you, you've been familiar with in your twenty-four year career in banking.
2: Yeah. So first, uh, any of those non-believers who say there's no opportunity in Philippines, I would absolutely disagree. Uh, outright disagree with them. So coming back to why we why we chose Philippines. So when in late two thousand and nineteen, we were looking at. Uh, at setting up a digital bank uh, in the region, clearly, while we have regional ambitions and aspirations, uh, the idea was to choose choose one particular market in which you establish your first venture. And when we looked at Philippines, it ticked the boxes from every every possible uh, phenomena, every possible macro or micro uh, elements that you want to track so starting from the macro perspective uh, pre covid philippines was growing at 6% plus 6 to 7% gdp uh, in fact there was a period of time in 2018 19 the outlook for philippines growth of gdp was even higher than china and india wow. mm-hmm. so that that was usually usually positive when you looked at the number of unbanked at 70% at that time it was one of the highest in, in the region, whereas the Southeast Asia average is fifty percent, people unbanked. Philippines was at seventy percent. I've already spoken about uh, consumer uh, credit uh, within consumer credit, uh, also unsecured credit. One of the lowest penetration in in Asia. Uh, when you looked at the loan to deposit ratio of the banking system, again one of the lowest uh, was was Philippines. So so when you looked at and on the other side, the tailwinds or the positive macros were many. Uh, a population of 108 million likely to go, grow to 120 by 2024, grow to 135 million by 2040. When you looked at social media, I don't know whether... Do you know that an average Filipino spends the maximum amount of time globally? Philippines is the number one country in average usage time on social media. So you looked at internet, a 70% people have access to internet. Mobile penetration was over 100%. Smartphone penetration was very high. Uh, the The early experiments with payments and wallets were all looking positive. And then when you looked at the regulators, our call at that time was that BSP is probably one of the most progressive regulator in the region. And
1: well, that's nice to hear. That's uh, refreshing to hear. Yeah. And and
2: and in our case, you've seen it's come true because after Singapore, and Singapore is a different story. Singapore had been talking of digital bank for years. But again, Philippines has been the first one uh, in at, uh, amidst COVID to move with a digital banking framework. Uh, already offers six digital banking licenses. Two of the digital banks are already operational. Others will be very soon whereas some of the other countries are just about announcing the framework or the license. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that, so that call of ours, that uh, Philippines uh, regulators the most progressive and it will move the fastest uh, was also a very uh, important uh, criteria. And, and lastly, uh, Philippines is again a, a multilingual place, like easy, easy to operate. Everyone's very focused on startup, people are seeing seeing the benefits of digital. There's great willingness for adoption. So a combination of all these factors uh, made Philippines a very interesting story. And, and over the last six to nine months, when you see the activity, which is happening in Philippines, again, without naming anyone, but the amount of foreign for investment coming in, uh, uh, new funding coming in, uh, the activity on the startup landscape, is is all proving that this is this is the next focus area in the region.
1: Well, wow, that's that's very inspiring for me to hear. In fact, again, my good friend uh, Ginger Arboleda, Mambi Ginger, is saying true a lot of opportunities here. Uh, and, and thanks so much for 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 helping us see with a wider lens just how much uh, opportunity lies here in the country. Now, Manish, after we've talked about Uno Uno Digital Bank. I hope you don't mind if we slightly talk about your own background, because you know we we often talk about the entrepreneurial journey, and it's it's very interesting for me to talk to people like you, who've been I guess a career man for for a very long time, and opting into to jump into the un uncle- the murky the murky waters of entrepreneurship, because you know you came from a very structured background, and all of a sudden you jump into something as 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 unsure or as as as, as uh, you know. As unclear as as uh, as becoming an entrepreneur. Tell us a bit more about that one. Uh, after spending the time in the bank, what made you eventually say that it was time for you to to jump ship or, or to, to transition careers?
2: Yeah, before before I answer before I answer that, if I can spend another two minutes on Uno with your permission, sure, please, please go ahead, please, yes, of course. So so again, to people who are listening to this podcast who are out there, uh, do keep a watch out. Uh, One important thing, which I didn't speak about, and I just recollected on the differentiation, uh, which which we want to really bring is hyper-personalization. It's not going to happen on day one. um, But the way we are looking at banking is that banking, when we say we want to make banking simple, better, and accessible, we want to make banking as fun as, if I may use an analogy of Netflix it's very, very personalized for everyone. That's, that's our end game. Uh, So no two screens will look the same. So RJ, your screen, my screen, um, and Ginger's screen out here will all all look different because there are different needs. There are different needs for everyone, because this is, this is just the way the Netflix today operates. Again, everything is not going to be there on day one. Many of the people here are entrepreneurs in, in, in this podcast. So, you know, there is always a baby steps, but you need to have your vision and direction very, very clear, but that's the, that's the direction which we are going, uh, watch out for, for our launch, do go and wait list on our app on our, on our website for now. Uh, definitely we are going to launch and there would be some attractive features for, for the first come first join us. Beyond just high interest uh, interest rates. Now, (laughs) so I I just
1: Uh, let me let me just read you. Let me just read for the people. Just listen to us. The website is www.unobank.asia. At the same time, you were saying, uh, Manish. Just to be clear, when can we find you on the Apple on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store?
2: Uh, We will. We we can we can come out onto those stores only once we have the final approvals from BSP. And we got are targeting that, got for that in Q2.
1: Got that. Got that. Thanks so much. So now we we go back to your entrepreneurial background, your entrepreneurial experience. I'm sure there are many people also listening here right now who are similar to you. They're, they've been they've been career men all their lives, but now they're saying maybe uh, this now normal is time to, I guess, shift or transition to a new career. So tell us a bit a bit more about your own experience and how people can draw from it.
2: So. So first thing I might, I might be stirring a lot of controversies here. Uh, so <laughs> uh, disclaimer, uh, well, well in advance. So first thing, absolutely to everyone, anyone who's thinking to be an entrepreneur, absolutely jump into it. If you are in doubt, I'll give you one question. Just, just ask yourself this question. It, it's, it looks very simple, but we don't think about it. And frankly, I had to pay a lot of money to go to a management institute where I learned that, hey, this is a simple question, which all I needed was to ask myself. So the question was, if today you have to go to your grave, today is your last day, would you have any regrets? And to me, it was very, very clear when I was looking to answer that question, there were few regrets. There are many things I couldn't do anything about it. It's, it's time has passed. There was regret. Oh, I wish I should have done this when I was 20 years old. I can't go back to 20. But one thing which was coming up very high out there is that I want to be an entrepreneur. And if I hit my grave without having tried that, I wouldn't call my life to be successful. Mm-hmm. And the reason of being an entrepreneur could be different for diff- different people. But but. At least the, my answer was very clear that, Hey, in my current organization, I was already a very senior guy. Even if I, I was already an MD for 15 years or some, something like that, even if I move two posts higher on a lot more money, but I still have this regret. And then, then it was absolutely clear that you have to do that if that's your calling. Uh, it's, it's difficult for people to take the, especially if you have a very well set job, mm-hmm. it's difficult to make that choice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the opportunity cost is huge. So here my advice. And that's what I said. It can be controversial, but my advice to especially anyone who's in the twenties to forties is absolutely. If, if you get an answer to this question as you want to be an entrepreneur, do it sooner than later, because believe me, that 75% of the senior VPs and directors or MDs, which you will leave behind on your organizations. If in two years back, you want to join the organization back, you will have much more experience than those people. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. the organizations today are, are changing. So Again, out, out here, I would want to make a very, very formal statement that I'll be happy as long as I have a position. I'll be happy to hire a failed entrepreneur. Over an established, again, a corporate person, because because it really requires grit, and it requires determination and thought to follow through through this journey. So that that would be my advice. Go for it,
1: uh, if if this is something which you think is your calling. And how was it like for you when, when you were being called? And you were discussing all these things. But what went through your head? I mean, uh, it's it's. I, I hope you might be saying this one. It's easy to say. But when you're actually doing it, you're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm actually getting out. I'm actually leaving my company for 20, my, my bank for 24 years and, and jumping here. It's, it's not easy,
2: RJ. It's definitely, a, I, it was not easy. for The first time I thought about it very, very seriously was in 2011 when I was in Indonesia. And, and it took me, what, eight years after that, 2011 to 2019, uh, to to make the decision to kind of really jump uh, and and it won't be easy for anyone who's an entrepreneur few of you who would be entrepreneurs all or would have started something every day there would be days you, you will think hey why did i do this exactly i was i was having a nice nice comfortable life but again as as you If you pursue through that with grit and determination and you just have to pull one, one thing you, you can't lose sight of is energy and perseverance. There will be days that you would be very, very down. It happens, but you have to just pick yourself up and, and push back. So for me, RJ, all these things happened. First of all, very confused, took time. I wouldn't say that it was a very, very easy decision after decision. There were days when you think, did you make the right decision? But today, when I look at it, everything, 100 times out of 100, I'll do it again. So I think think that's the motivator which then keeps you going.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
1: I know that the Uno Digital Bank. Obviously, it was not the first iteration of your, 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 initial entrepreneurial venture, right? What was the first when you when you got out of the bank? What was the first entrepreneurial venture that you had, and what, sort of like how do you identify that opportunity when you first left the bank?
2: Yeah. So as as I was talking a few minutes back, uh, one thing I was absolutely clear that. When I am going to step out of banking, it's not going to be another financial services. It has to be tech, it has to be technology. So, this was very, very clear. Uh, so, the first venture was where, where we set up a company uh, with the vision of accelerating digital transformation in financial services in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the assessment at that time was that everyone in Asia is focusing on the West. There's a brain drain. The best of technology talent is going to the West. Any company which wants to grow is, again, focusing on on, on the West. And the Asian financial space is suffering. So the first company which, which I set up with another co-founder was Quantum Leap which which vision was a vision is to kind of accelerate transformation in financial primary around financial services in in Asia. So that I would say that was the seed and or that that was the groundwork when when I started getting into technology and servicing financial services, and then looked at the digital banking phenomena uh, globally and with all the action which was happening in Europe and US and in the Far East, in Korea, and in China, clearly there was a big white space in Southeast Asia uh, where where it was ironical, where you have uh, highest number one bank people, very low credit inclusion, but no one was really talking of digital banking in a big way. And so, so from the banking experience and my first venture of technology, so good understanding technology gave the confidence to kind of leverage and, and transition to this opportunities. That's a, that's a very good question. Not many people ask that because it's, it's again inter- interesting for all the budding entrepreneurs or, or new entrepreneurs out there because, and even for me, still, you will have to keep pivoting because you might, you might decide with one particular plan, but the opportunities change. So in today's environment, if you have to be agile, you you have you have to be ready to kind of tweak, uh, and and see how you kind of divert your focus. And this is this is exactly what what we did. Like we started as a tech company, mm-hmm. the tech company is still there, but we saw a bigger opportunity in terms of a fintech.
1: Got that. And then, can you tell me the? Uh, this is the interesting part when you when you're building entrepreneur entrepreneurial companies. How did you eventually maneuver it into Uno Digital Bank and especially bring in the partners for Uno Digital Bank? Because, uh, you know, what I see is that, you know, your network is your net worth. So good thing you were in banking and you made a lot of connections. Did that help you also to eventually come up with uh, Uno Digital Bank because you were able to rely on network that you had established in your, ba- in your role in the banking industry?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, as 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 you as you are asking me more and more questions, I realized that hey, our differentiation is more and more, and and <laughs> I should I should add 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 into this list of differentiation. So, for a company where we got our certificate of incorporation only in September, and we incorporated as a legal entity in Philippines in just in October, happy to share that uh, by. March we had fifty plus people on board, and and our entire senior management team is uh, is in place more or less. And we have on the last take, I was looking at it. We have collective four hundred and fifty years plus of experience in just our top management of wow. banking and technology experience. Uh, by now, even more than five hundred years, <laughs> and 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 a very very good mix of people like. People who have worked in other fintech, other, other, other banks, worked on digital, uh, global, uh, ma- gender mix, uh, country experience mix. Uh, clearly, uh, the network, uh, the fact that you've been a banker yourself, uh, dirtied your hands, worked on it for many years, uh, help attract talent and get the talent. More so, I think people people could resonate uh, that what you're trying to build is something agile, something without the bureaucracy. We all learn we all learn from the organizations we were part of, absolutely, because that is that that is because we are what we are. But no one can deny that in larger organizations, uh, beyond a point, a lot of bureaucracy mm-hmm. also creeps in. And I think the team out here uh, is really gung about about getting the creative freedom uh, to follow the to follow their own ambitions and aspirations and create something which is kind of a legacy. Uh, on that note, also want to share that we call the team we call ourselves innovators. <laughs> innovators. Innovators, and and uh, as 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 a team, innovation and and growth is a. Uh, is a huge focus in, in what we drive. And that's helped us kind of build this team. and we are looking at things differently. As I said, I'm happy to look at, look at all failed entrepreneurs, not saying, and it shouldn't be, no one should be ashamed of that. Right. If, if you, if you have failed in trying to do something, because I I think that you bring a lot of value uh, in that perspective. So we we have been able to kind of attract a good mix of, uh, of talent.
1: And how are you able to partner up with your biggest partner over here? You're, you're uh, from Vietnam, and then actually say, let's let's do the Philippines. How did how did that evolve? Oh, so my
2: co-founder. When you're asking about uh, uh, the co-founder, is a different. Probably I didn't understand uh, your question. But, but that's but fine.
1: Like, that's such a problem. problem.
2: Yeah. So, so, uh, so Kali Kali Das Ghosh and I we we go many many years uh, back. We. We both joined the same organization uh, 25 years back, so so I know him. I know him since then, and we were always in touch on and off. And when I went into my entrepreneurial journey, uh, uh, we were exchanging notes, and this is something which resonated very very strongly for him because as as part of again a career in a multinational bank uh, and then setting his own own company, but under under a local local group, there was immense experience uh, in having three or four times created entrepreneurial ventures, but for a big organization. And, and it resonated very well that it's this time to do something on our own, uh, where we have more creative freedom and we can bring all the learnings and all the challenges which we were facing in bigger organizations, which we might not have out there. So that's, that's how uh, the two of us came together. Uh, so that's again a very very important point because anyone again in, on the entrepreneurial journey out here, it's it's very important that you have the right founding team, uh, you have the right partners, you you have you have the right association of people which are advising you and guiding you, especially in the uh, earlier stage of your venture.
1: Totally agree. Totally agree with you over there. Um, like I said, it, I they, they they often say that the world, you know. It's a circle, or the you know where wherever you go, don't don't burn bridges, and the world is a circle. You never know again when you might have to you know reconnect with somebody to build opportunity. I, I guess that that pretty much sums up how Uno was able to establish itself as a digital bank. Am I right? Absolutely.
2: Always, always look out. Always look out for the opportunity. Look out for the right product miss. Look look out where where you can create an impact. Make sure you have the right team, the right technology, the right people, the right framework. And once you put all this in place, the impact
1: will just follow. Fantastic. Uh, Manish, talking about opportunity, let's talk about what you're also seeing in terms of opportunity. Because you're able to see from a digital banking perspective, you've seen the opportunity to grow consumer credit or make it a credit-led digital bank. What are the other um, opportunities I guess you're seeing from your perspective here in the Philippines? I mean, just not necessarily just in banking or it can be, but in that sort of like ecosystem, where do you see opportunities where entrepreneurs to grow, uh, given your understanding of the macro and micro, uh, perspective of the Philippines right now?
2: Yeah. One, one opportunity I really want to talk about though. We are initially a retail focused bank, but there's a huge opportunity in Philippines around SMEs.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and again, uh, just just to talk in some terms of some data uh, today, SMEs contribute 35% of GDP, mm-hmm. only 35% of GDP, whereas they employ 65% of all labor force, and they're more than 99% of all corporations. And, and when you look at that stats, it clearly shows that there is a huge amount of opportunity uh, to to invest and to do things around that. That's also in our in our midterm to long term plan. But overall the SME space in in Philippines is an area of huge interest uh, is an area where I think there's opportunity all across. From technology, from, from, from business, from traditional, traditional businesses, digital business in MD forms. The other area where we see a uh, huge opportunity and we have plans in terms of UNO is uh, digitalization of the financial ecosystem in Philippines. Uh, there are tons of thrift banks, savings banks, rural banks. Uh, not all of them are equipped or will be able to afford uh, a full fledged digitalization uh, if you start from scratch. And as an ecosystem strategy, there's huge opportunity to kind of find partner, leverage, which also the BSP is supporting. Uh, BSP had two, two big agendas uh, all through 2021 one was digital banking, the second was open finance. So this whole so we spoke a lot about digital finance, digital banking all through because Uno Uno falls squarely and directly in that category. Mm -hmm. But we also fall squarely and directly in the open finance category. That's how I would like to think when I speak about ecosystem. So I see huge opportunities to be to be able to impact uh, and contribute positively to the entire ecosystem in terms of bringing in open finance. And, and bringing in open finance and extension of technology as a service, uh, where you can touch the entire banking and non-banking financial uh, ecosystem uh, of, of the country. Again, I, w- I was talking this more in terms of finance, but again, outside of finance, when I look back at my technology lens, the digital opportunity across each and every industry uh, uh, um, the, the telco, uh, the standard, uh, e-commerce across, uh, every spectrum is, is huge and which is being reflected in the numbers and also reflected in some aggressive goals, which, which the BSP governor has kept upon himself, uh, in ensuring that 50% of all payments goes digital, uh, by 2023. And so we yeah, are in the beginning of 2000, and, uh, Twenty-two right now, and last year those payments touched twenty percent plus. So we can see uh, when when that needle has to move from twenty percent to fifty percent, it is going to create huge opportunities uh, across all spectrum.
1: Wow, fantastic! Um, thanks so much. I mean, if I was an entrepreneur listening here right now, I, I, myself, I, I run several entrepreneurial ventures over here, both large and small, and it's nice to see this one because now. Understanding, again, leverage technology. That's the big thing, leverage technology during these times. And that, and that, that involves many different things. And that's a whole different discussion. But thanks so much, uh, Manish, uh, for opening up our eyes. I wish we had more time to talk. Um, but as we start to wrap up this discussion, uh, you've had years of experience both corporate and also uh, in, your, in, your, in your emerging entrepreneurial career. But if you were to share maybe three life and uh, business lessons to people out there who wanted to do business and also want to be an entrepreneur, what would be these three biggest lessons that you you want to impart to them? uh, Especially now that you've had some experience behind you.
2: Wow. That's a, that's a tough one. First, people are the biggest asset. Surround yourself with smart people. Keep in, keep in contact with, uh, with your ex colleagues, ex workers, team, everyone. If you have the right people, you can, you can move the earth. Second, as I said, if if you have a dream, pursue it. Uh, I would say that you can come back, come back to where where you were, but just just go after your dream. Third, high energy and perseverance. There will be days you will feel very, very low. The only mantra to success is you have to just reset every day and look at every day new. Uh, for me, I think these are the three on top top of the list.
1: Well, Manish, thanks so much for your time. Looking forward to the official launch in, in the second quarter of Uno Digital Bank. It was such a refreshing discussion with you. Um, I'm sure that many people are quietly uh, agreeing with you, especially those in their corporate careers are thinking, oh my gosh, I want to do what, what Manish is doing as well. So thanks for inspiring them as well and inspiring us and seeing uh, the great opportunity that lies in the country so again thanks so much for helping uh, our Unbanked become bank and uh, for help well, we're looking forward to the first iteration of many iterations of Uno Digital Bank here in the Philippines again Manish thank you so much this has been RJ Ladesmo we will see you in the next RJ Ladesmo podcast thanks so much Manish thanks RJ
2: have a good evening take care thanks so much